Praise the Lord. It's a good day today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Hallelujah. I know God has a word for us today. I, I don't know how, but I do know that um, he's faithful. And his great, great things ahead of us. Wonderful plans for this house. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm sharing from the book of Revelation today. Um, Revelation 5, 5. Uh, we see John, heavens open. It, it talks about in chapter 4, how the door opened in heaven and we begin to see the scenario in heaven. And we come to this point where in verse 5 he says, And then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, of the root of David, has triumphed, and is able to open the scroll and its seals. It was a challenge in heaven. Praise the Lord. When you read from verse 1 of chapter 5, that who is able to open the scroll? And the Bible says there was found no man in heaven, on earth, or under the earth that was worthy. The challenge was worthiness. Who is worthy to open this scroll? And it was found no man. And we come to this point where John is weeping. And one of the elders said, Weep not. I don't know where you are in life today. When you look at this Bible, it begins to tell us. The significance of this is that this, this, this scripture tells us the lion of the tribe of Judah, the humanity of Jesus already. When you read this, it's better found in Genesis 49. From verse 8 and 12. Where in the land, not Israel in the promised land, but in Egypt, which was to become a land of captivity. There the Lord was, the man was blessing his son. And he began to prophesy the day, this day that we see in heaven. And so Jacob was speaking to Judah. And one of the aspects that made him, Judah was not a good man. He had done very funny things. We don't want to go there. But when he reached a point where he was willing to give his life for his brother Benjamin, he changed his life altogether. He said, no, 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 my brother will not die. I saw one die, but this one, take my life instead. And the element of sacrifice like that provokes heaven. Things changed. And we see the prophecy in this verse. It says, In Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be upon the neck of your enemies. Your father's son will bow to you, down to you. You are a lion's cup. Judah, you return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he grudges and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? 
The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from the, between his feet, until he whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. He will be tether, and his donkey to a wine, and his call to the choice branch. He will wash his garment in vine, and his robes in blood of grapes. His eyes will be as dark than wine, his teeth white uh, than milk. You know, we see the prophecy. But the first prophecy was in the garden where the, from the very failure of man, God promised the seed of woman. This is the seed of a woman we see. The seed of a woman will, will, will crush your head. Although you will deal with his heel, but the seed of a woman. We see the seed blossomed now. We begin to see the fruit of the seed. It's no longer just a seed. It is blossoming in the heavens. When, when the heaven open. And so we see Jesus, when people are weeping because nobody could understand the redemption story, they were to bring the climax of human history, nobody else can read into life of human beings. Why? Because human beings fell from the first man by choice. God never created men as people ask so many questions, why did God do this? God gave us freedom, free will. We can choose to reject him or choose to accept him. And because man by choice fell, it has to be man by choice, not under the influence of evil, should he love the Lord. But the man was not capable of that. And so God here to become man, to become that choice for the sake of man. Hallelujah. And that's why nobody could do this. So I want to show you some things about why would God use in this scenario Judah? Why is it important that we understand the root of this? Hallelujah. Number one, the Bible says, your brothers will worship you. We know that uh, when you go forth to verse 9 or 5, it said, you will, they, everybody was praising the lamp in heaven. But the promise is, this one is acknowledgement of his lordship. Your brothers will praise you. And so we find in Philippians 2, 9 to 11, Therefore God has exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that every name... At the, at, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth, under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. He's been exalted, people. We see the lion now. Hallelujah. This, you, one way or another, everybody's going to praise Jesus. It's, thank God you're praising him when, it's by, not by force, by choice. But the time is coming, whether by choice or not, by his appearance, you will bow. Hallelujah. It is prophesied. We see it. He is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lion, of, uh, the, which is, he has dominance, he has preeminence, he has everything. So understand the power of a king is here. The reason I'm saying Judah, we find the king David as the lineage of Jesus. He ruled and expanded, but he, the, the key word here is praise. Do not focus on circumstances. Today we are living in a generation where things is not, not going our way. We look at how things are. The greatest promise God ever gave men sometimes was given in a place of failure. Hallelujah. And one man said, failure is written in a, in, in a pencil. You can erase it. If you allow the blood of Jesus come your way. Praise the name of the Lord. Another statement we found from here. Is that your hand will be upon the neck of your enemies. 
Please, do not let the world deceive you as if they have power. It doesn't matter whether it's political power. I, I was in a prayer room and uh, Dennis was talking about people are talking, oh, this way, I'm this way. The key is not how you are born. It doesn't matter how you are born. The key is you can be born again. So we are not persuaded by any other things. There is room to be born again no matter how you are. And there is, God can change your life. Praise the name of the Lord. His love is sufficient to change you, transform you. But the enemy, the hand of the Lord, the hand of the Lord of Judah is on the neck of the enemy. We, the problem we are fighting is because we are fighting in our own strength. We are not seeing things from God's perspective. And really, what is the equipment, what we are equipped with to, to, to have victory? We can't fight people with, with our warfare is not carnal, nor our weapons. How are you fighting your battle? What weapons are you using? Are you fighting equal the way the world is fighting? We cannot win. There has to be a way different from what is going on. Hallelujah. Praise in spite of what you're going through. Prayer in spite of what you're going through. But you cannot praise what you don't see. You cannot tell somebody, I love you, you're wonderful, you are this. Do you know them? The reason our praise and our worship is, 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 is almost forced from us is because we've not encountered the one we want to praise. Have you seen his beauty? You see loveliness. Some declare him altogether lovely because they encountered him. Abraham declared him the, the provider because he experienced him as a provider. I pray to you today to see God and have a personal encounter with him. One day I, I rarely give personal testimonies of things that are personal to me. But I want to tell you this. I was so desperate to know God because I was living in the village where witchcraft was real. And they demonstrate their power. It's not a joke. Right or wrong, they, what they say, they do. And I say, God, if you are real, why, why would you be above this? So they cry in my spirit, I want to know you. I want to encounter the reality of who you are. And the first dream I had after this prayer is I saw Jesus on the cross. It didn't really, I didn't capture what that mean, meant. I prayed the more. But I, when I two or three days I had forgotten about that prayer, one morning in the prayer, lying on the floor, the God, Jesus visited me. Now, I'm on this pulpit. I can't tell you something I can make up. I don't. It's real. God knows he did. But I, the key is this. He's real. And the words were written in lightning form. Uh, in the room was so bright, light. Shining, the man crucified pays your visitation. And everything in my life melted. I never wanted it. I couldn't stand it. I screamed too loudly. I wish, I don't know if I had power to listen to what he had come to say, but I didn't hear. I was undone. But those split seconds changed my life forever. A man of experience is not at the mercy of a man of argument. You can't tell me Jesus is not alive. I have tested it. Although in a short time like that, I am convinced and persuaded. You can't take that away from me. I know he's alive. Not because the Bible says it, but I have touched that little bit of that. And I challenge you today to learn. God is not just a principles and, and, and rules and regulations. He's a person. 
And if you're willing, you can seek him and cultivate a relationship where his presence will be. Even in normal life, some people, you don't let them closer to the circle of your life. But the more you know them, you bring them closer. You think God, as a person, we just say, you come from wherever you come and he reveals himself to you. No. He wants you to develop, to understand who he is. Embrace what he likes or what he doesn't like. And the more you come closer, the more he yields, the more he reveals himself to you. He said, if you obey my words, then you really love me. Then I will manifest myself. I will disclose myself to you. He is in his words. Obey. He will disclose. If there's a generation that needs the reality of his presence, this is, is our time. The other side is true to what they believe. And we are sitting here complaining. Look at what they're doing to us. They must do what they must do. Because that is in their nature. You must do what you must do. If you have the nature of God, we must bring the light and the soul. We cannot stand here as Christians who are supposed to be the light and the soul of the world and complain the way the world is going. In fact, God watches in heaven and says, what's the problem? You are the answer. Please stop complaining about politics in America. You have the answer. Yes, it's beautiful when we hope the answer is in White House. But the answer is in church house. He didn't say if those people can pray, but my people, covenant people can pray. Because he will find expression in this country through you. He will touch this nation again through those who are crying out to him. In humility and prayer. God is not limited. No evil is in this country that God can never displace by his presence. It is not just changing the way people think. But shifting the way people experience life. You must. We must be willing to be the vessel. To be the carriers of the glory of God. The evil is going to grow evil. And they are visible. The church is invisible. We must rise. Hallelujah. We are the temple of the living God. And wherever we go, we must create the manifest presence. There are people who are arguing. But the day they will test Jesus, they will never argue with you again. The day they encounter Jesus in you, they will not argue again. They will change. Because in the heart of every man, there is a thirst to discover themselves, to know who they are. They don't know. Some of them, innocent or, or whatever they think, they are doing the right thing. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. They are what they think they are. It is us to bring the transformation by giving them an alternative. It's never us versus them. It is us changing them. Hallelujah. And so the, I say those statements to say Jesus is so way too powerful. In fact, the Bible says he looks at the nation and loves. In, other, in like, what can you do? In Psalms. Please do not think there is this any power on this earth that can stay the hand of God. When his purposes are ready to be fulfilled, there's nothing that can stop it. The only people who can stop it is us. Because whatever he wants to do in my life, I can always say no and he can't do it. That's the power of my freedom. You alone can stop God. Not even the devil. The Bible says my people perish. Not because of wickedness out there for lack of knowledge. If you know who you are and who your God is, 
you be, you'll begin to be persuaded and begin to walk with understanding that you are unstoppable. No, I know when I say stand like this, you don't understand. Yes, my faith may be low, but I've seen him. A judge of an, an educated man born in a pagan military empire that was so powerful. But because they gave themselves to the word and prayer, they changed the world upside down. Why do you think we cannot do in our generation? A few things. We, know we, we are so comfortable, we are not willing to sacrifice anything. If you trace your roots and say, oh, we are a nation built on godly principle, those Puritans running away from Europe, they wanted to be independent to come here. They offered, some of them perished on the sea. But they sacrificed going to an unknown land. They didn't know what awaited them here. They built it here. You are here. You are the fruit of that labor. And if the, the, the root is not taken care of, fruit is not going to be there. Hallelujah. This church has prophetic words that are spoken many years. And every year have come, I have heard. But if God can fulfill a prophecy spoken thousands of years ago in a land that is not even the promised land, and it become a reality. Do you think God will not fulfill what he has spoken concerning this house? Are people willing to take hold of it and contend for the promise of God for this region? Are we willing to give ourselves whatever, if it's money, if it's our life, if it's our time and prayer and see something happen? The problem is we're in competition. Praise the name of the Lord. The reason Jesus, I want to show you something, but he's, the reason he's revealed as a lion of the tribe of Judah is about his power. Let it be settled that all power belongs to God. Let it understand today that all power belongs to him. If you are persuaded by that, then you see life from that angle. That whatever the enemy does is always temporal. The Lord will take over. And therefore the spirit of joy should come to the church. The spirit of worship and praise should come back to us. Why we know the end. How the end will play out. Have you watched the game where you already know the score? You relax. You have no tension. <laughs> like you are seeing it for the first time. I don't know how. No, no, no. I was watching my son the other day. He plays soccer. And so I, I downloaded. They were streaming it live on TV in Tulsa. But here I downloaded it. But I already knew the score. And I, I was just going to go where he scored a goal. And therefore I was confident no matter how the other team looked threatening. I knew the score. I, I was not worried. They, they, this might, they, his team will win anyway. Because I already know. And for us, we've been given that preview. Jesus will ultimately triumph. It's not, it's, not, it's not a casework. He's already done that. And so we know the outcome. Yes, we're sweating out here. But we know the outcome. We know the ultimate outcome is that he's going to triumph over. Even the enemy is trembling as I speak today. He may look loud and powerful. No. He cannot stand what is coming. 
Praise the name of the Lord. And so, why is the hand of the, one of the key words here for being a lion of Judah is that his hand is upon the neck of the enemy. Hallelujah. Your hand may not be, but the hand of Jesus is upon the neck. He's a lion. He devours. Hallelujah. The Lord is alive. He's risen today. As ever from that day. The Bible also says the scepter will never depart from Judah. The kingship. The authority to rule. He's a king. He's not just risen. He's a king. Hallelujah. And so. He will rule and reign in our life. He has to be my king. And so one of the things when he told these uh, disciples to pray. He said, pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Is his rulership the key? And your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. It is sure thing. His kingdom is coming and it has come. And we are made priests and kings unto our God. Praise the name of the Lord. For the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah and will reign forever. Hallelujah. Another sign that you need to see that I gave you all that power to come to this message today. It says he will wash his garment in wine and his robe in blood of grapes. While Power has never been the issue of debate. That power belongs to God. Hallelujah. There's an issue here. He had no right whatsoever to step in our life without power. Because we failed. The Bible says the soul that sinners must die. As far as it's concerned, we were dead. Because we were separated from God. But the answer comes in here. When you read that scripture, let me, I think I should read this. I want you to read with me the book of Revelation. I want to show you something very important that we should never ever forget. Now, Revelation chapter 5. We've talked about the lion, but I want to show you something. And the Bible says, and I, verse 1 of chapter 5, and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book written within and on the back side and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and lose its seal thereof? And no man was, well, no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book and, and neither to look therein. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book. And one of the elders came to me, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and loose the seal thereof. And I beheld, watch this. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four elders, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it was slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the Spirit of God sent forth in the world. I want you to see something. We have talked about the lion. But do you know that John never saw the lion? He heard about the lion of Judah. But when he looked, what he saw was not the lion. He saw the lamb. Hallelujah. 
He never saw the lion. He saw the lamb. He had to become the lamb to transition into a lion for us. Praise the name of the Lord. People, he paid the price. The love he had for us is powerful. Praise the name of the Lord. He is the lion. But before he comes as a lion in your life, we'll seek the power of Pentecost. But Pentecost will never happen until Passover has happened. And when Passover happened, Pentecost automatically follows. When the sacrifice, when the, 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 sin, the, the, the penalty is paid, there's no, you don't beg God to do what he has already done. The problem has always been this. Hallelujah. Therefore, the lion we discover the, in lion we discover the power of God as a king and powerful. But the lamb we fast the grace and mercy of God where humanity needed. God's power was not the issue. But we, this, we needed mercy and grace. We needed forgiveness. We needed our sins to be forgiven. We needed our penalty paid for. And the lamb, he came as a lamb to pay for this. And so, John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. When you, read, you keep on reading, the Lamb is the center of activity in heaven. He's the reason of worship in heaven. I don't know why he's not the center of the earth. But in heaven, the slain Lamb that stood is the center of all activities there. If our churches are going to be strong, if our lives are going to be strong, then Jesus must be the center of our life. And we must see him and preach not other messages about him crucified. It is good to give people principles of things. But if life is the most important thing. And so he declares, I am the way, the truth, and life. Nobody comes to my father, to the father, but by way of me. We are living in a generation of multiple ways to God. But there isn't one, it is only one way. There's only one name given under the sun where men can go to God. There's no other. I'm sorry if this offends you. But God has not given any other. But his son Jesus Christ. And we must preach it. Whether they, they like it or they hate you. There's one thing we can give the world. The message of the cross. Hallelujah. Because the answer lies there. The beautiful thing is the lamb. As if he was slain. But this is the picture in heaven. I thought he would be there as a lion, but the lion was the sound we heard. He said, and as I heard him say, but when I looked, I saw the lamb. But if we keep reading in verse 9, you, 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 you hear this so powerful. It, it says this. Um, and they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book to open the seal thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred, every tongue, and every nation, and has made unto us uh, 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 our God kings and priests. We shall reign on earth. Our ability to rule here is because he's, he's, a, he's a lamb that has given us that. And I, heard, I beheld and heard the voice of many angels 
around the throne and the beasts and elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive strength and risk power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven on earth under the earth and such as are in the sea all that are in them had saying blessings honor glory power be unto him that sitteth on the throne and unto the lamb forever hallelujah that is what involves heaven creatures in heaven angels are worshiping him for being a slain lamb of god are you we are not talking Jesus on the cross only. We need to see two ways. We see him on the cross. He paid for the life, but he rose again. He, this lamb in heaven is standing up. And it's not just an ordinary lamb. It has seven horns and seven eyes. Power and omniscience ability. He can see everything. Horn speaks of authority and power. He has all the fullness of strength and power. It's not just an ordinary lamb. He has seven eyes, the fullness of vision. He knows everything. He sees everything. And this is your God. This is your Savior. This is your Redeemer. I don't know what you're going through today. What circumstance you are. He did not say he will resurrect you. He said, I am resurrection and life. Hallelujah. He can resurrect your hope. Regardless of the circumstance you find yourself in, there is a promise. He can make your life if you impress him. Hallelujah. He's a terrible lion who can arouse him. But he's a lamb. This aspect of Jesus is not being emphasized today in our lives. In our families. And therefore our hopes are kind of... We, we, we are crying. The reason people are bitter in... Because their hope seemed to be deferred. And what they had expected life, like the guys on the road to Emmaus, they just seen we had hoped this man would be the answer to Israel's problem. We, we saw him do wonderful things, but now they have killed him. But he didn't know he was walking with the risen Messiah. And so are some of us here. We're saying, if only God would, have, would come to my life and do this. But he's with you. If you're really born again, he's in you. Do you believe? You know, one of the things that in my childlike faith, I was thinking, I'm sleeping hungry, but the God of heaven is in me. How come? Simple questions like that. Can you begin to ask yourself, if you, are really, you really believe that Jesus is in you, really? You cannot sin. You can't even think about it. The moment you think about it, he's not there. He's not up there. He's in here. How can you even dare? The problem is you're not consciously aware of it. We put him aside. He's in there, but like, if we tread this, this ground and go deeper, we will strike water. But can anybody see if there is? Strike. There is depths of your consciousness lies the savior of the world. What is bailing him is your ability to be aware that he's in you. And you are his temple. And he's there. That's what the Bible says. As many as received him, he gave them power to become 
And so the Bible declares in 1 John 5 that this is our testimony. This is the true Christianity. This is our testimony that God gave eternal life. And this life was in his son. And therefore he who has a son has this life. And he who does not have the son does not have life. It's not about which church I go to. It's the question is, is Jesus in your life? Have you received him? Now, is he in you? This is a basic question we need to ask ourselves as we face the world. If he's in here, it's hard. Because the head tells you he's not. <laughs> our, the reason we fail is our mind is the interface between the spiritual and the, the things we want to see manifest the physical. And the mind veils. And so the devil fights not your spirit as much. But he blinds the mind of people so they cannot see the glorious light of the gospel. If he can take away the way you think, you will never experience what Jesus has done for you. Unless there's transformation by renewal of your mind, you will never know the perfect will of God concerning your life. And therefore you will walk knowing that uh, that is what is there. Or miracles were the days past. Or these things. No, the question is not whether miracles are for today. The question whether is Jesus is alive today. There's no way he can be alive today and see a sick person and say, oh, I used to heal those days. I'm no longer a healer. That is not the God we serve. This is not God of compassion. It can never be. No, no, no. Let no denomination teach us. The question is, he's not there. What we have is just head knowledge. But if somebody can experience the living Christ, can he look at an issue and ignore it? Can he see you in pain and leave you there? Can he see you in the need and leave you there? You, even we being evil, know how to give good gift to our children. How much more our Heavenly Father? That he sees and in pain, I say, you know, we are in different dispensation. I'm no longer here at this hour. Who said that? I'm no longer a deliverer. I'm no longer concerned with your physical problem. I'm only concerned with your spiritual problem. That is not the Bible. The question we are beginning to have this assumption is because God, the deficiency of his presence in our life. He's not there. And therefore we have to find a way to explain the lack away. But not you today. The Lamb of God has paid the price. Embrace him. And let's begin to worship. At one time, I stood in this church. Somewhere there. The presence of God was so real. There was a cry in my spirit. I said, wow. Though many revelations were pouring to me years ago. Guys, can you leave your differences away? And for the sake of the next generation, embrace what God has for this house. The question is not whether you are the right one or the wrong one. The question is, are you willing to pay the price for his presence for this community? Because at the end of your obedience, so many lives will be touched. So many children will be healed. We are limiting the power and the works of God and purposes of God in this community because of our personal differences. We, 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 we move from one place to another. No, stick because the Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord, to be planted is to stay rooted. Shall flourish. Stop the movement. Stay and wait and see if God will not bring the flourishing. Hang in there. Oh, they talked about me. They said, <laughs> I think it was Didi Jakes who said, that this generation will stand before the John the Baptist and others, while others will be giving testimony. I was, I was, my head was chopped off for the sake of the gospel. Other, we, we will say, I, I, uh, they talked about me in the church, so I moved. That is our greatest affliction. <laughs> Please, we can hold on. 
There are some things you cannot take me away from it, even if you talk against me. If I'm persuaded God is in it. The key here is, do you think God has, has his vision for this house is, is good enough for this community? It's not about us. It's about what he wants to do next. And if we're willing to yield ourselves, a little bit sacrificial in prayer and commitment, God will come and I will heal our community. Guys, you are set. You are ready. If you are born again, you are ready to go to heaven. Literally, he's not worried. But there's another one who has never heard about him. And those, he loves them equally. You are the preach for him to reach them. And the reason we gather every Sunday here is to equip you to bring them in. I told America has done quite powerful missions, but it's time you began to look about doing mission in your own country. It is about time to look at mission here too. There is need for mission in Jamestown, in these towns, in these people. They want to hear. I see many broken lives here too. Thank you guys for doing what you are doing to us. But you are forgetting something. That the light that shines farthest shines brightest at home. It has to shine here too. You must become missionaries of your own people too. You must reach out to the people here. Because for us to, to enjoy what this church gives us, this church must be healthy and strong. And that means these people are reaching out their people for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So, what is the center of your activity? Who is, what do you see when you look around the world? Do you see America and Dan? Or do you see Jesus still on the throne? The Bible says, in the day King Uriah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. But he was still on the throne. Hallelujah. You have a beautiful place. You have a beautiful promise. If only you can impress it, we're going to see revival in this house. It's no longer going to be statements we make. It's going to be a reality we experience. Because God is more than willing to give us that. Hallelujah. We must work together. Put your differences aside. The Bible says, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Hallelujah. The anointing comes in that place from the head of Aaron and then through the beard and through the command. And the, the key word is that there, where? In the place of unity, he commands blessings. You don't even have to ask when he sees that you have one heart for one purpose, he will release the blessings. He will command the blessings to come. That I, uh, in my spirit today, as I wrestled in prayer, the Lord told me there are so many backsliders in this community who are wanting authentic place to trust, to give themselves to. They, 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 they come, they see the norm. There's very little significant change between what you are and the world there, and therefore they're confused. Hello? Will you be willing to give yourself and begin to radiate the presence of God? You know, it's possible. The greatest effectiveness in my life has never been the ability to talk. It has an ability when I've been with God. And when I talk to people, it's so easy. It melts their heart because the presence of God is with me. 
That has been the easiest evangelism for me. Believe me, it's not as hard as you think. We are not there yet. The whole world went to Jesus. They gathered around him. And if we carry him, they will come. He said, if you exalt me, I will draw men unto myself. The drawing of men is upon him. But you can exalt him. You can give him preeminence in your life. You can give him preeminence in everything you do. And then he will draw men to himself. Hallelujah. So church, I, I pray for this church. I consider just as my church as you too. Because if I remember of many churches I've stood on the pulpit long. Beside mine at home, this one too. And I'm praying for you. But more than anything, the Bible says, and God looked for a man among them. Not from outside. A man among them that can stand in the cup. God is here. Hallelujah. You don't need anything bigger than what you already have. Moses, what do you have in your hand? I just have the stuff. That is what you, I will work with. You are more than enough to change this community. I, I, don't, I, I, I went to Saddleback, and one of the key words I picked from there is that he used the word equal sacrifice. In other words, whatever level of life, give yourself to the, to the level you are in, in the community. And what he did, that every member of the church will give per week at least five hours to serve the church. Rather than serve themselves. So everybody is volunteering to do something somewhere in the church. If nothing else is prayer or, that, or this or that. What, can I say something and don't hurt me? I'll, I have a ticket, I'll be flying out on Tuesday anyway. But, <laughs> hello? Well, I'm saying, Sunday service message is not enough to change us. What are we going to do? Please listen to me. I have had the privilege of being friends of all of you, most of you are here. I see your heart. I understand your passion. You are such a loving people. The key is some of you think you don't have what to give. But you have a lot to give. You have a lot to give. I believe as you are transitioning. Please believe. The Bible says every joint contributes. Joint contributes. And we were willing to give what we have. Some of us, our, our finances. It's not just money you're putting in that thing. It's your life. It is your life. You've worked all those hours. So what you are doing here, you are putting your hours into that basket. Consider it that way. Every time you give money. Lord, I give my life. And some of us will give time in prayer. Some of us, but please make this place. Don't let the week pass without you showing up in this house. For whatever reason or another. Even just to come and say thank you, Jesus. Come show up. This is a house of God. This is a center of activity in this community. Don't let it live empty all the week and just come on Sunday only. I'm not talking about leaders. I'm talking about you. Take one day. Just come and be quiet and meditate and go home. Be in the house of God. That's why David said, I was glad when they told me. He wanted to be a tour keeper in God's house. Come on. Come and hide yourself in that corner and pray for your grandkids for five minutes and go home. Come and be somewhere and say something in the house of God. This is the altar for this community. Come and speak something to God. If you have a, a, a breakthrough, come and give him praise. God, thank you for what you did for my family. 
Go to the house of God. Please, don't just go all, all over the places and not here until Sunday you come as a guest and go home again. Let the Spirit of God know you here. And let Jesus be the sender of everything you do. Look through life through him, through his sacrifice. And I want to tell you this. It not, should not be there just in Psalms 10, 10. He said, in the day of his power, I don't want to go there, but you can put there if you want. But in the day of his power, his people will be free will offering. They'll be willing offering. He, he offered himself freely. But in this day of his power, what he's requiring from us is, can we also give ourselves as a free will offering? In this day of power, then we will change the no, we say, let the fire fall. The fires cannot fall on empty altars. Well, fire leak, what will the fire leak? What have we put on the altar? How many hours? How much of your life is given? You know, the, the, the key in the kingdom is giving. Uh, it's not just money. Giving what you have, and the Lord will increase it. And multiply it to bless others. Please, if I have a message for this church is you have something to give that will bless others. You have something to do that will change the, the dynamics of your community and reach many people with the power of God. Nobody is without a talent. How are you dreading with that? The reason Jesus, the reason Jesus gave that, 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 script, that scripture and the, the reason he was annoyed is that the other guy didn't tread with his talent. Never used it for the glory of God. Will you use yours? Some of us are givers. Some of us are intercessors. Some of us want to grow up in the word. Some of us want to share who you are. And let the leadership, I pray for the leadership, to begin to develop people from every level of life, from zero to something, so that there is a continual participation of all who are waiting. And we're going to go forward as a church saturated with the presence of God that is unstoppable in this community. People who drive from distance to come. May I continue to prophesy even if it doesn't look like. People are going to come in this house. People have come in this house. But people are going to come in this house. It is not. Hallelujah. We have the lion on our side. The lamb has paid the price. And we have the power to execute what God is telling us. The lamb with forgiving love, has cleansed us from our unrighteousness. He has taken away the reproach of sin and the shame that has been in our life. He has taken it away. Now we have the right standing before the Father. And our Father can trust us with power of a lion. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We are willing to let the lion roar again. Do you embrace the slain lamb? You let the blood speak better things than the blood of our, our blood of Abel. The blood is speaking. It is speaking that that curse is broken. It is speaking that the sickness can be healed. It is speaking that it doesn't matter. He has prevailed in that situation. That hopelessness can be can be transformed. That he can change our health. Please listen. I know so many people are dying because of illness and whatever this, but that does not take away the fact that because people are doing abortion, children should not be born. Because there's a problem, we should not do the belief for God. Because there are so many people with sickness that God no longer heals. God is still a healer. 
I am the Lord that healeth thee has never changed. He still heals the brokenhearted. Whatever you are going through in the pain of quiet place, He is still the healer of brokenhearted. Hallelujah. Because I read the scriptures to conclude. I have so many things to say, but I cannot say them all. Hallelujah. In Romans 8, it says this. Verse 32. says he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all now shall he not with his him also freely give us all things the best thing God the son was the love of his son he loved his son and he loved his son more than anything but he gave him up for you that now he has his son is there anything he cannot give us freely Let's have that attitude, regardless of where we are, or how broken we are, or how poor we are, or how powerless we are, or how hopeless we are, or how helpless we are, we should begin to confess this. He who spared not his son for me, would he spare health? Would he spare anything else to give to me? Yet he's declared that with him all things are possible. Is my case different? No. I want to tell you your case is not different. The Lord was going to heal you. The Lord's going to change your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I think you have my message. This is what I wanted to say. I can say many, many, many things, but the key is this. We have a living Savior. He just never lived his life today. My heart is like, can we draw closer to him? make him a reality his presence and like Moses he said I will have the angels go with you and Moses said now how else will people know we were different the distinction of the church and the world is the presence of God hallelujah that is the only thing that makes us different we are all human beings with failings and with a lot of weaknesses but when he's in our life everything changes the beautiful thing is every child of God can reach out and touch him. Touch the hem of his garment. That one you don't, they, Jesus doesn't have a secretary or anybody who will hinder you to reach him. He has open access to every child of God. By this blood, he has made a new living way to him. You can't say I'm, I'm a sinner. No, the blood has paved the way. You can't say I'm not of the right tribe. No, anybody from every, every tribe, every kindred can reach him. I don't know you may old. He said, even in the old age, you shall flourish. Begin to declare things about yourself. Not the age, not the young or old or individual. Just serve God the last breath of your life. Let him occupy your thoughts at every level of your life as we go. Thank you for listening. I want to pray for us, for those who are willing to take a little bit and say, God, I want to dedicate my life to the remainder of my life little by little consistently to hear your voice to see you to walk with you to serve in this house and be proud of where you are as such a member of this house once you you, you you are proud of this place another one will come because but some of us say oh it's a good place but you know so how would anybody come to a place you don't respect celebrate where you are and the vision and the commission of this house and you draw others and don't 
thank God for the number of you who have held it on years upon years and given a little prayer here, money here, and quite accumulated over years. And that's why many people are being blessed. Keep, keep giving, keep doing what God has done. So, um, uh, if, 